welcome to I Was There, the program that gets you in contact up close and personal with people who have witnessed history. I'm Ron Roberson. And I'm Jeff Trujillo. And together we are two peas in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Don't you like that? That's kind of become our slogan uh, mistakenly, but uh, it seems to be working. I've, I've had a few people comment on it. So I, I think for whatever reason, people like it. <laughs> yes, indeed. I've got a few people that have been asking about how to get a hold of us. They've been trying to follow us on different platforms. Uh, can you run that down to us real quick? Absolutely. So probably the best way to get a hold of us is our Facebook page, which is if you're searching for it, you can search I Was There podcast and we have our own page. People can contact us there via messenger. We we do post links to our shows on there. Yeah, it's probably the best way to get a hold of us. You can also, I can give you our email address, which is the I Was There podcast at gmail.com. And that's another way to get a hold of us. But uh yeah, either of those ways, if you reach out to us, we uh, we will get back to you. And again, we're always looking for folks that have been eyewitnesses to history. Yes. So if you know somebody who's seen something, please let us know. And uh, we'll hopefully we'll have them here on the show. Yes, indeed. And I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go because uh, we've got somebody really, really special uh, with us today. Guess where I was today? Oh, man. Let's see. Yes, I was. Um, does it relate to this show? Yes, it does. <laughs> Why don't you tell our guests what, okay, what that well, was? Of course, you know, I work in Anaheim in my regular job. That's and right. Of course, I was cruising through Disneyland. And I couldn't help but to think about our guest today. Yeah, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> I was happy, but <laughs> I'm happy right. that, that we have somebody really special with us. Uh, tell us a little about her and, and how you came across her and, and that thing. So today we're, we have uh, the honor of speaking to Anastasia Mann. And a few years ago, I also worked in Anaheim. And at that time, we were doing a video for the 60th year anniversary of Disneyland. And we were introduced to Anastasia. And we actually went to Disneyland and interviewed her. And, you know, when we started this podcast, she was one of the first people that came to mind. I remembered her story and she had the unique experience of actually being at Disneyland on opening day. And uh, she told the story then. I'm going to ask her to retell the story for us today. And it's just such an incredible account of that day that has gone on to influence so many millions yeah. and millions of folks. And uh, yes. growing up in Southern California, as I did Disneyland, you know, Disneyland's Disneyland. Even as an adult now, I get so excited when I go back to the park and uh, I just can't even imagine what it was like on that special day. Yes, indeed. So, you know, in doing some research for this show, I actually watched the opening day because it was broadcast live, but they did tape it. And you can find it online. And it's just such an incredible time capsule. It actually opened on a Sunday. It was July 17th, 1955. It opened one year and one day after construction began. Uh, it cost $17 million was the initial cost to build. And the opening day was intended to be an international press preview day with invited guests only. Mm. But they had an issue that people started copying the invitation and sending it out. And, and unfortunately to Disney's dismay, about 28,000 people showed up. So almost double what they were expecting on that day. Just a couple more things. There was a seven mile long traffic jam leading oh, to the wow. park. Wow. And uh, evidently it was extremely hot that day, which I think Anastasia can, can relate it to and, and, and tell us a little bit more about, but it was televised live and get this Ron, you and I work in television in 1955, they had 29 cameras spread throughout wow. the park. 
and wow. they were able to jump from land to land. And uh, when you watch it, it's not the most polished program. There are some mistakes, including uh, a, a miscue uh, by Mr. Disney as well, but it's just such an amazing, you know, you just go, wow, they, they pulled it off, first of all, but what an incredible piece of advertising that they were able to, to, to send out that day. And as a result, it was, it was actually seen by 90 million viewers. Wow. And at the time, the United States population was only 165 million. So it was more than half the, the population. So wow. um, helped to make Disneyland as, as popular as it was then and, and is still today. Still is now, yes. So with that, why don't we invite on Anastasia and uh, and get this ball rolling? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, so let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and with that, welcome, Anastasia. Hi, how are you, Jeff? Hi, Ron. Hi. Hi. We're, we're doing good. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So let's go back to that time. So you were a little girl at that time. Um, I was, yep. Before we get to Disneyland's opening day, I believe that the first time we spoke, you told us a little bit, you were a child actress. You, you actually had an opportunity to do some acting. Why don't you tell us how you got involved with that and, and talk about some of the projects that you were able to work on? Well, I was a reluctant uh, participant in the movie industry. Uh, I was six months old and my mother was actually carrying me on the Hollywood Boulevard when she was stopped by an agent from Central Casting. And they were looking <laughs> for a little baby um, to, to have a little part in a Spencer Tracy movie. So I got signed up by Central Casting at six months old. And uh, my photograph was used in a, in a Spencer Tracy movie um, where I, I was this missing child, his missing grandchild or something like that with a photo on the wall in an orphanage. I had a lot of parts playing orphans. I must have been <laughs> a pathetic little kid for most of my childhood. But um, uh, in fact, I played an orphan in, in uh, Pollyanna, the Disney movie. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. It all kind of leads up to the whole Disney relationship at some point. But yeah, that, so it wasn't my idea. Uh, I never really... Uh, was that wild about it. I mean, I, I quote unquote worked a lot from that point on. Um, I finally gave it up when I was 17, 16 and a little bit over 16 and a half. And I got a scholarship to USC, which was a big deal in my family, an immigrant sure. family to, to go to college, which no one had ever done in my family. So I walked away from, from that part of my, my life and now uh, took the scholarship and you know, went on beyond that, but it was, wow. uh, it was, a it was a lot of work. I mean, it was uh, over 70 films and uh, a couple of wow. television series and, you know, never, never something that I really strived for. It was just there. Wow. 70 a lot movies. of interesting experiences, a lot of very, very interesting and, and a lot of tutoring, you know, on the studio sets wow. from the time I was a child. Uh, so I think that had a lot to do with my getting a scholarship to USC. <laughs> Although that's a funny story in itself, uh, actually, but that's a separate conversation. <laughs> wow. So you mentioned Pollyanna. Yeah. I'm not, I'm yeah. not sure if that now, Ron, you, you know that movie. Was it Haley, I, Mi Haley Mills? Was that the Haley Mills? Yeah, movie? Haley Mills. Uh, exactly. Uh, a lot of great actors. Agnes Moorhead, uh, Jane Wyman was in it. She was. Yes, really, yeah. You know, Everybody was in that movie. Yeah. Wow. Carl Malden, you know, it was just a really great cast. Yeah. yeah. Now, was that, I don't know if that was a Disney movie or you, I think, did any of those movies lead to a relationship with the Disney company or? 
Did you, were uh, some of those Disney films? Or they were just, yeah, they were Disney films, uh, Parent Trap. And uh, let's see, I did, I think three Disney films that I can remember off the top of my head, but there was all, all the studios, you know, Central Casting was the casting company in those days. And I got a, you know, a lot of work. Wow. And uh, one film called Pay or Die, which was an Edgar G. Robinson mafia thriller. Ah. I actually played a kid and an adult, both. Really? I, I had two roles. <laughs> Handled by, by costuming, of course. And uh, in one scene, I'm uh, walking with these other kids going to the Catholic, in our Catholic little school outfits, heading, <laughs> heading to the school in the church. And the, uh, the building on the corner, uh, which was, uh, you know, that's the pay or die issue, right? Was not paying, refused to pay the, the money to the mob to to protect, you know, the protection money. Right. So the head mafia guy blows up the store just as we kids are walking by and I'm walking with his daughter, the head sure. of the mob's daughter. Wow. And we both get killed. Oh, no. So we're lying there dead, covered with, you know, <laughs> sheets. And then they decided, because I was tall, that they would use me in the scene looking over at the dead bodies <laughs> they put high button shoes on me, high heels, and you know the outfit and the hat and the whole, you know, the button, everything, you know, to make me look like a grown up and boobs and everything. <laughs> and uh, I was standing overlooking my own dead body. It was oh my gosh, quite a funny scene. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's funny. That's the way they did things in those days. So I should have yeah. gotten two salaries now that I think about it. Yeah, right. You played two parts. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. What was it like being in the movies as a kid? And, and what were some of your favorite, I guess, leading actors that you worked with? Well, you know, I didn't have much fascination with actors uh, because I just literally grew up in this, you know, from, from being a baby. And I saw name many, many actors. I mean, I could make a whole list for you of who's who in, in that world of that in those days, those years. I think my favorite was Yul Brenner that I actually oh, yeah. had a relationship to yeah. his, my life and his life. But what I really, really was interested in was what the director was doing. Uh -huh. I mean, even as a little kid, I found the actors to be, you know, interesting, nice, whatever. Not all, not all of them were very nice, by the way. And, um, you know, they were given a script to learn. They were told where to stand how, what to do, how to behave, what to say, everything, where the director would take this actor that was really doing a terrible job with his lines or her lines <laughs> and mold this performance into something quite extraordinary. Right. And, and that fascinated me. So I ended up a couple of times being, turning out to be the, you know, seven or eight year old or nine year old script girl on, on a lot of pictures where the, I would just hang around the director when we weren't, you know, what, when we weren't in a scene, when the kids weren't in a scene and um, point out oh, wrong, we're, we're in the wrong clothes. We were in the fire clothes. We should be in the church clothes, you know, and all these little details <laughs> and they'd stop everything, halt production. And, oh my God, the kids have to change or whoever. Uh, or I'd say sometimes, you know, when we were here yesterday, the, the cut was on the left cheek. Now it's on the right. It's in the wrong place. So, oh my gosh, you were and, doing continuity. I was paying a lot of attention <laughs> to the detail, and I automatically got into all this. And so, on and uh, several of these situations, directors would like me, you know, to have, be around and help them with little details like that. 
How fun. Well, 70 movies is quite a catalog. I mean, I would say you weren't just an actress. You were a successful actress. Absolutely. You know, I mean, actress is kind of, I'm embarrassed to let you use that word because I didn't have any major parts. I turned down, my mother actually turned down a couple of major parts when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. One, because uh, my sister had whooping cough. And I was actually being twice being cast to be a famous actor's daughter in, in two different movies because I looked so much like him Oh, okay. And uh, as a kid. And in the one case, you know, it was because of my sister. My mother was conscientious and she was afraid, you know, I might pass along the equivalent of COVID in those days. And then, then the other, there was, uh, oh, the other I got afraid. I was afraid. Yeah, I got scared because I was working on... Um, now for Hitchcock film uh, with Jimmy Stewart, A Rear Window. And I would, we were leaving uh, Paramount late at night. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And we were walking out to go to the bus, pick up the bus. And this gentleman stopped my mother and me. Uh, and he said, oh, my God, you know, oh, she's perfect. Look at her. She's, she, we're looking for a boy and a girl, brother and sister. And we couldn't find a girl that looked like Richard Woodmark. That's what I'm trying to think of. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. And uh, she looks just like Richard Woodmark. And uh, they had these two twin boys. So as he was talking to my mother, these the message comes across clearly to the two little boys. that one of them is going to have to go. And they got upset because this was something that they wanted to do. And like, I didn't, you know, and they're, we're down here at eye level when the adults are up here. And they start threatening me and waving their fists at me, you know, that they're going to beat me up. Oh, no. So I'm like, I don't know, six or seven years old. And I start crying. And I mean, I wasn't a kid that normally cried, but I actually got scared. Plus, sure. I was scared of doing it. You know, I did. Right. And, uh, and my mom, you know, who was like, oh, my, you know, she had, she was an immigrant from Sofia, Bulgaria. And she had been Miss Sofia at 14 years old. So, you know, she wanted to be the, the big movie actress. So she was trying to fulfill her dreams through me. And there I am crying, which was, you know, not a good idea. And, you know, she's trying to shake me, which made me cry more. And finally, the director walks away. And my mother is just getting so angry at me and yelling at me. And I'm like really bawling. And then he came all the way back with these same two little boys with their fists. And... uh, of course, I started crying again. Um, <laughs> and so they really wanted me in this in this part. And uh, uh, they, you know, I, I kept saying, I can't, I'm, I'm on you. You know, I was working on this other film, but I was, you know, basically a, an extra. And, uh, but with a pretty good little part, but um, never happened. So twice I lost Richard Woodmark as my dad. Twice. Oh, darn it. However, years later, <laughs> when a gal that that uh, worked for me for my company was getting married, guess who turns out to be her her uh, uh, godfather, Richard Woodmark. Richard Woodmark. <laughs> so he's at the wedding, and I'm sitting at the same table with Richard Woodmark for her, you know, for the right. wedding dinner and everything. And I I just said, oh my god. There you are, Daddy. After all these years, <laughs> and I told him the story, and he was—he, he, I think—he he got it. You know, we really yeah. did have a certain uh, similarity. That's funny. You know, That's funny. funny. Well, you came full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that you, uh, from the previous interview, and we talked a little bit before this. July seventeenth is a special day 
to you, correct? And and right. why don't you, if you could, tell us why that day is special to you, and then how did that tie into you getting to go to Disneyland on opening day? Well, July seventeenth is my birthday, and uh, birthdays have always been a big deal to me. So coincidentally, that was going to be opening day for Disneyland, which we had heard about, and a little more than some people probably because my eldest sister Mary, who's quite a, you know she's sixteen years older, she was a uh, probably the first female advertising executive in, in Los Angeles. Um, she would, would have been Peggy in Mad Men, you know, writing uh-huh. the copy for the guys and not getting any credit. <laughs> sure. um, she was with Young and Ruby Cam. And, and um, in fact, one of her clients was uh, the LA Dodgers, fun, funny enough, because there's another story wrapped around with Ruth and all that. Yeah. And, wow. you know, and everything there. But she got an invitation to, to go to the opening with, the family. So it was my dad, my mom, my sister, Mary, my middle sister, Alexandra, and me as the little one, all of us got to dress up and um, take the bus. And we went hours and hours to get there. And uh, <laughs> we were there for the opening. So, so, you, so you took the bus from Los, Los Angeles? Angeles? Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, basically the Hollywood. We lived in, in Hollywood. Yeah. That had to be quite a drive back then. Because yeah. I, I all the way to or Anaheim. I mean yeah. that that was yeah. Because Disneyland, from what I've read, was built in the middle of an orange grove. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. it it, uh, well, it was kind of like going that. out to a remote area mm-hmm. at that time. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, nobody and, drove in my family. No one drove. Wow. And so I you, you mentioned you got dressed up, and I know today people dress up in costumes, but when you look at, in fact, looking at the footage from that time people did get dressed up to go to Disneyland it was a big deal back then and especially you know on opening day I can imagine and again this was supposed to be a press preview day so it was the first time anybody really got to see Disneyland what was that day like from from what you remember for me it was it was heaven it was just absolutely heaven I had a lot of childhood fantasies so this was this was miraculous for me and of course, I knew the Disney name because I had, you know, been at Disney Studios as a little, you know, many, many times, sure. many days of working. And um, it was just miraculous. You, you know, and then I'm, you know, we're, we're in the park and I see Walt Disney, who I recognized immediately. That's incredible. And I run off, you know, my, I kind of didn't ask permission or anything. I just ran up to him and tugged on his pants said mr disney mr disney (laughs) hi i work in your movies it's me Um, and he looked down and he ended up talking to me and i said it's my birthday and he said it's your birthday and i said yes it's my birthday and he ends up giving me disneyland as a birthday present that's what he told me I'm still waiting for the papers. <laughs> uh, I he it said it. Everybody I've known, I mean, I've known all the heads of Disneyland over all the years, but I'm, I still don't have the paperwork. To back it up. But, and uh, he spent much, a lot of time with us. He, he took me up on a helicopter all around the park. Um, my, you know, my family obviously agreed. And he went on the, the, the little boat ride that went into the, into the whale. Oh, into Monstro. Uh, yeah. We did it together. And, <laughs> No, it was an absolute magical day for me. Literally magic. Totally. My magic. goodness. And I was, I was hooked. I mean, we went that first year of Disney being Disneyland being opened. We probably went twenty times. Oh wow! By the bu- by bus. Wow. By bus. 
And it became a tradition on my birthday to be there, which frankly was only broken during this pandemic. Yeah, for, wow. for many of us. This, yeah. this, yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about but for you, yeah, going to Disneyland. I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, unless I was, you know, traveling in another country or something, but uh, you know, sure. whenever I was here, and my, my sister Alexandra and I have, uh, have done that together many, many times, the two of us. So, and, a- and Sydney, you know, she was married to Sydney Sheldon, the author, and my husband was also a writer and journalist and columnist, and, and we, four would go quite often also to Disneyland on my birthday. So it became quite a part of our family history. You know, there's so many things about that story that you told that are mind boggling today. You know, first of all, Walt, you got to run right up to Walt Disney with no security or no, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, he was that accessible that he was just walking around in the park. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and and then and then he he offers to take you up for a helicopter ride, which again today you know you'd have to sign all kinds of waivers and all. Oh, yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, in today's world, it's really truly hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did that to Fidel Castro too, by the way. The first really. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> a little different transition from Disneyland, but uh, in Havana, and uh, he was a talking, having a meeting in the hotel I was in and, and my, my late husband and I had was arriving back and the taxi driver was afraid to pull up to the front of the hotel. And we said, why? And he said, oh, el comandante, blah, 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 you know, it's in there. <laughs> I said, you're going to drop us in front of the hotel. And so we get out and go in. And sure enough, they have this little stanchion and rope thing set up. And he comes out on the balcony and he starts to come down. So I just went under the under the rope thing and, and ran right up to him and said, hi, y'all espanol. <laughs> and um, oh I took pictures and everything. And it's amazing. I didn't get shot. I mean, yeah. I really <laughs> uh, but it was the same instinct. Oh my God. That's, that's El well, you know, maybe the acting, uh, you know, gave you some bravery that the rest of us. I guess. Don't have. I guess. That's, that's amazing. So, you know, people talk about that day um, and you've talked about it. T- talk about, what was the weather like that day? <laughs> uh, hot. It wasn't quite as hot as the, the time I first met you, uh, but yeah. it was hot, obviously, yeah. mid, mid-July. is, is uh, But, you know, I don't remember anything about heat. My sister and I ran around, my, the middle sister and I. Uh-huh. My sister Mary was, of course, in a, in a dress and high heels which is a tough way to do Disneyland. Sure. But uh, Alexander <laughs> and I, we, we ran around on our own. We went on all the rides. We did everything. We were just running all over the place from one land to the next. And we did the bumper cars. I think I did permanent damage to my back because we kept pounding <laughs> into each other. It's funny you mentioned that. You know, do you, did you see the parade? Did you happen to see the, the opening parade? You know, I don't have any memory of the parade, to be honest with you. Maybe because of the time. I don't know because we had to take the bus back, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I don't remember the parade. But I, I can... I remember everything else, Frontierland, of course, Tomorrowland, the the, the funny house, you know, um, yeah. uh, where everything seemed impossible. And today it's like boring and old fashioned, you know, thing like to see a picture of who's at your front door and yeah. all these things. <laughs> and they had a General Electric Circarama, you know, where you'd see all these appliances. Yeah. And, 
everything was like, oh, wow, that's never going to happen in my lifetime. The house of the future. Uh, the house of the future. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was really just a, such a magical experience. And, and of course, fantasy, you know, it, it kind of keeps you young. Sure. Um, yeah. my, late, my late husband used to say, uh, you're either born a father or a son, translating to, you know, mother or daughter, whatever, meaning that you're either born with a sense of youth in your life that you retain, or some people are just born more serious, you know, as more of the adult person in, in, in their world. And uh, my sister Alexandra and I were born kid-like and, you know, still, <laughs> still as much as we do, you know, that's kind of grown up today, we still remain children at heart. Yeah. Um, so it, it's fun. We just go back, we, we walk in that place and we, I don't know what people think of us, but we go right in and get our mini mounts outfits on and our little slippers and we put all this stuff on. And <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't know we were anywhere over 12 years old for sure. Wow. Wow. You know, in, in, in reading um, some of the accounts of that day, and I don't know if you remember any of this, but there was, you mentioned it was really hot. It was, they said it was pushing over a hundred degrees that day. Um, and supposedly the asphalt, there's stories of the asphalt melting and ladies high heels kind of dipping into yeah. the asphalt. And, yeah. and, and then the concrete was so freshly poured that it also was soft. And so some people sunk into some concrete and a lot of rides weren't working. And, you know, they, they said that for years following that day, because they were so overwhelmed by over twice the amount of people that they were expecting um, that a lot of those Disney employees re always referred to that day as black Sunday <laughs> as opening day, because they ran out of food. They ran out of beverages. It was wow. But it was seen by 90 million people. And, uh, you know, everybody wanted to go there. They said that but it only took seven weeks to reach 1 million visitors after that day. I mean, it's that's just, that's yeah. Incredible. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Now, do you remember they, this was all being, uh, it was on television. We, I don't know if you were there during that time or if, you, or if you remember seeing cameras or even celebrities. There was a lot of celebrities there that day. You know, I'd probably be the one kid in the entire park that didn't care about celebrities. Yeah. Because I was around them all the time. Right. And, you know, I, I thought only time I actually fawned over a celebrity was as a, I think I was in my mid to late 20s. And uh, my boyfriend at the time, uh, his mother was an actress and his father was a very famous jazz composer, performer. And we were um, at the music center waiting to go in, you know, a little reception beforehand. And this gentleman walked up and I was introduced to David Jansen, who had been the fugitive. Oh, yeah, the fugitive, yeah. And I freaking was in love with that man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and so they just casually said oh anastasia this is david david and i and i took his hand to shake his hand and i went i i i i love you <laughs> and that is all the years that i have spent i mean i was in film with carrie grant i mean name it james stewart all the great famous actors and actresses i never got interested i didn't have a, a you know, a book for autographs. I didn't do any of that business. I talked to them. We'd have lunch together, <laughs> cards together. Um, but I never had that kind of emotional starstruck, you know, starstruck thing, yeah. except for David Jansen. <laughs> and I, and then coincidentally, the next day, I know I'm deviating, but the next day, because I was working at in a hotel business in Beverly Wilshire, and we had a, a club called the Daisy right across the street on Rodeo. 
and they served lunch outside, but it was a, a private nightclub at night for dancing, et cetera. So I was, went, sit, I was sitting outside at the Daisy waiting for uh, someone to meet me for lunch. And they seat this gentleman at the table right next to me and we're kind of facing each other. And I looked up and it was a guess who, David James. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, I know, I know you love me. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, I'm really sorry. I, and I'm, I, he said, don't apologize. It's one of my favorite moments in my life. Don't apologize. <laughs> Yeah. How fun. How fun. You know, well, so, so, so much well, has been changed um, uh, since uh, that special day for you in, at Disney. Uh, I'm curious, what, is, what were some of the rides like? I know compared to now, they, they had to be, they had to differ a bit, but how were the rides? What were some of the rides like? Well, I have to tell you, my favorite ride, my sister and I, was the teacups. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to this day, we still, there's a little dog hassle going on here. To this day, we still have to be the fastest, fastest, fastest cup. And I mean, that's it. We've got to beat everybody at how fast we are twirling around. So, and Mr. Toad's Wild, I mean, these are the old rides. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, the bumper cars, of course. Um, I mean, to this day, we would still go on these rides first and foremost. What do you think about the rides today? How well, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I still love pirates. You know, we eventually we got pirates of the Caribbean and we got the, the haunted mansion and all these yeah. you know, fun things that we still do. You know, California adventure is a whole different animal. Um, yeah. It's not the same experience. It doesn't have the fantasy land glow of Disneyland, but it's got some fun stuff. I still yeah. resent the fact that they took the bugs. Um, that was, that was the best over there, but uh, you know, I mean, we're, I'm not a creature of habit. We we just have what we what we adored and what we grew up with, and what you know brings out our childishness in a yeah. nice way. Sure, yeah. you got to go up and spend. Obviously, you spent a lot of time with Walt Disney that day. What what are your memories of what he was like? He was a grown up, uh, for one thing, and you know, very properly dressed, and uh, he was a hero to me in many ways. Uh, he was completely nice you know my family were, my parents emigrated from bulgaria and macedonia i was born here in los angeles so as a native kid um but he represented americanism to me you know this, yes yes uh, you know because obviously the my parents spoke this funny language at home and um there was a different food you know we we my father cooked everything and it was today what people are dying to eat and i said i don't want any give me a cheeseburger um <laughs> You know, it was just all this complicated moussaka and stuffed cabbage and stuffed grape leaf and all these things. And and he was pure Americana to me, which was, you know, for me, especially hearing my parents telling stories and, you know, the whole history of what was going on uh, in Europe. And, and um, I was feeling very privileged to be born in this country. And uh, so he just represented freedom and excitement and glamour and and success but but basically happiness yes yeah. represented yeah. happiness we we didn't have a lot of uh family events because everybody worked you know my my dad at Loris, my mom worked and then they all worked at the time everybody worked mm -hmm. so my sister and i were latchkey kids and my eldest sister mary was um you know 16 years older so she was working um you know so my sister alexander and i were at home alone so we created our own little disneyland 
I, I had a birthday prior to Disneyland Open where she created a little Disneyland for me, although not that elaborate. Uh, she put me in a chair and dragged the chair all over the house, <laughs> you know, like a ride. So I didn't, he was just the embodiment of America. For yeah. me. You put that so well, because I guess when I think about Walt Disney and, you know, growing up, I mean, from time I was a little kid, you know, you'd watch the wonderful world of Disney and right. every time he would come on and introduce things, that's, a, that's exactly it. I mean, he just, he represented this, this ideal, you know, and, and uh, he created these movies and these places you could just escape to and, and to what in your mind would be a more ideal time or, you know, just that represented Americana and, and whatnot, you know, and, and going back to the footage, like I said, I watched the opening, uh, the entire opening special that was on ABC. He really worked to recreate that that day. There, like, I was, it was incredible. They had Fess Parker was there as oh, Davy wow. Crockett and, yeah. you know, and he came down main street and then uh, you had the Autopia cars actually drove down main street to Autopia and uh and and then once on Autopia there's Ron there's a great clip where um the hosts were Art Linkletter um, oh, wow. and Ronald Reagan uh-huh. um and uh Bob Cummings and Art Linkletter's at Aut- yeah and Art Linkletter's um he's at Autopia and the celebrities are coming by and he's interviewing them and he stops and, and he goes, Hey Frank and Frank Sinatra stops <laughs> and he starts to interview him and then all of a sudden he gets hit from behind and it was he goes what are you doing? And it was Sammy Davis Jr. had come oh, wow. and hit him from behind. And it looked like that. They were just laughing. I mean, it looked like the adults were having fun. The kids were having fun. Uh, what were, do you remember what your parents, what their experience was like yeah. that day? And yeah. what they were? I probably only saw them when we got there and when we left. <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, like I said, we were latchkey kids. So they never had any problem with us running off and, yeah. and doing our own thing. But truthfully, they're a blur. Uh, nothing against them, uh, but no, not really. I don't even think we saw them very often. Yeah. We had a meeting point after a certain amount of time. That's, that's so familiar. Uh, yeah. But but it was really not about them. I mean, it was just like, you know, like being let loose in heaven or something and, and just running around as fast as we could to do as much as we could. Boy, that, you know, that, that, that is so familiar. When, when I was um, growing up, my dad worked for the Southern California gas company and one night a year, they would have gas company night. And um, you know, that was our treat every year. And we were always all year long, you know, you better be good because you know, or else you won't get to go to gas company night and same, same exact experience. We would get to the park and my parents would basically, we were each me and my brother were each allowed to bring one friend. And so each year we'd pick a different friend and we'd, we'd go to the park and then once we were in the park, though, it was like, bye, be, yeah. meet, at, meet at the clock on Main Street exactly. at, you know, whatever time it was. Exactly. And uh, that that's that was our routine as well. So, yeah, you, you're right. I don't remember. I think my parents went and had their own fun and yours probably did, yeah. too. Probably be interesting that, of course, they're gone now. But to find out what they were doing during all that time, yeah. <laughs> Mary was probably hanging around Frank Sinatra because she was of that age, <laughs> you know, with the crooner thing and everything. She sure, was, sure. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Ron, did you have any other questions? Well, I, well, I, and you just talked about the parents and what they thought. Um, how, how did other kids or your friends think about you and your experience? Did it make you a star in the neighborhood or? Oh, I was a star in the neighborhood already. <laughs> I, mean, I, have to talk, I mean, to be honest with you, just the fact that I was in movies was a big deal. You know? I mean, uh, you know, kids looked up to that. And, right. uh, 
you know, my mother, we did, and going back to Paradigm, Mario Saletti, who was the actor that had the, the shop that the mafia blows up, you know, when he, uh-huh. you know, um, he was, he started to date my mother at that point. Oh boy. You know, yeah. My mother was divorced and, and uh, he had a big crush on my mother and my mother was five foot two. And I think he was probably five foot one. But my mother said he was tall enough. Uh, but he had, a, he had a big long Cadillac, so he used to pick us up on Sunday and do that Sunday drive, um, you know, down uh, yeah. all the way oh, to yeah. the beach. That was like yep. the, the Sunday drive. Yeah, I'd go down all the way to the beach and and have lunch somewhere. So, but uh, yeah, everybody, you know, they because I was in that world, they thought it was it was quite something. Um, one of my best friends in grammar school was uh, a girl named Barbara uh, Hairston. She became Barbara Hershey, the actress. Oh, okay. Oh. And I, I hadn't seen her for years and years, you know, having actually our school district was divided up right in the middle of my street. So she went to Hollywood High and I went to Marshall. And, um, but years later, when my husband and I were uh, at a play at the old Huntington Hartford Theater, which is the Montalban now she's sitting right behind us and she saw my husband who had in you know my husband was a well-known journal columnist and he had interviewed her and she's saying hello to him and she looks at me and I look at her and I said Barbara and we had this reunion going back to like (laughs) 10 years old and um it was it was quite extraordinary and she said to Roderick that she had been inspired to become an actress because of me Oh, wow. You know, because of what I was doing. And she sure. just looked up to it so much. And so that was very sweet. And I'm the one that ran away from it. And she ran toward it. So <laughs> she's an excellent actress. She, so. Well, you, you talk about inspiration. And, and I know that you ended up working in the travel industry. And you have your own travel company. I do. I, I, yeah, I, I went first. And well, I graduated from SC. I did got my, my uh, university degree. And then I went to live in Mexico City. And uh that's a different kind of story because I, I had a bullfighter boyfriend. That's a whole nother story. I taught English there and I came back here because uh, I had a very busy social life there. So I ended up getting, you know, where I needed some work on my kidneys. Let's put it that way. Anyhow, I came back and uh, ended up going and doing some freelance writing very much like my sister, Mary. And, uh, ended up in the hotel business, uh, which was an interesting change, of course, for me from being a writer. And um, yes, I was. I spent many years uh, with the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which of course brought yeah. back a lot of celebrity issues and political oh, sure. ish, uh, relationships into my life because that hotel was and is still to this day, but at the time, one of the few really great five-star hotels in, yeah. in Los Angeles area. So it was a change. And then I did that from that career, I, I moved into having my own business in the travel industry. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know you have ties to, you do travel throughout Africa and. Uh, I have a division called Anastasia's Africa. My company yeah. is Corniche Travel or Corniche Group Incorporated. The travel management company is all kinds of travel, uh, corporate travel management, leisure travel for anybody, anywhere, any individual. We're not snobby about that, yeah. uh, which some people like to you know think but we're not and then the <laughs> Anastasia's Africa which is a really truly phenomenal uh, safari planning company private customized safaris from wow. one person to no more than a hundred but um, we've actually done 
we actually took the entire Sabi Sands in, in South Africa and did another, a corporate event. Never wow. been before. Wow. So, uh, yes, and I also have a little music business called uh, Cornish Entertainment, which I help uh, uh, a Latin jazz group with Chris Beltran and uh, a number of musicians and that produce CDs. I produce several concerts uh, at the Ford Amphitheater, called La Vida Music Festivals. And so it's a little variety of different things. You know, you kind of get interested in one thing and as the owner of the company, I'm, I'm really lucky because I have staff that have been with me some as long as 40 years. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and so they, I've got such good people running my, you know, the day to day of my three different businesses under this umbrella that I can kind of be creative and find new things to, to keep everybody interested and in participating. Well, you know, it, 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 it seems to me and, and whether, whether it's true or not, but it, it seems to me like whether you were influenced by Mr. Disney or not, I mean, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're bringing fantasy adventure, um, there you go, yeah. entertainment. Absolutely. I mean, you're doing all the things and bringing all the things to, to the public that Mr. Disney did. And so that's, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a very nice thing for you to say, Jeff, because I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. Yeah. Now that you've stated it like that, I I can actually feel very proud of that. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just an amazing, amazing story, Anastasia. And uh, um, and and like you, like you alluded to, there are other chapters to your life that I think we'd like to have you back, perhaps, and do some follow up follow up shows. I I think Ron wants to hear more about the bullfighter. Yeah. Jeff, you know, you and I were talking uh, about her and. Uh, I, you know, she, she's in her own right who she is, but I want to learn a little bit more about her husband as well. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And so maybe we can do fascinating. Yeah. He's, he was one of the most extraordinary people I have ever known in my life, forgetting about our, you know, my being blessed to have him in my life for 30 years um, as a husband and, and my best friend, but truly he is a person that, um, I mean, there are people throughout the world that still know who he is, and then he's very renowned. He was respected throughout the world. He was syndicated in over 180 major newspapers around the world for his, his column on entertainment industry. And um, he wrote novels, uh, but he, he also wrote a play called Chalet. And mm-hmm. um, right, at, right before the cusp of the pandemic starting, I received an email from a gentleman from the film industry in, in uh, London who contacted me about a play that Roderick wrote called Chalet. And it was based on his great friend, and fortunately for me, my great friend, David Niven, the actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, wow. a little whimsical twist and turn kind of um, story with, a little, with little surprises in it. And uh, this gentleman in London had read, he was doing research on David Niven and had read an interview uh, that with an actress, Alexandra Bastida, who was a very beautiful actress in London and who had been an ex-girlfriend of my, my husband's. And she and I became very close friends talking about the play because she was going to play the role of David Niven's wife and Roger Moore, James Bond, of course, wow. was going to play David Niven. And the play was going to be produced in London. And of course, one th- everybody died, uh, one after the other, sort of. And, and uh, 
but he he wants to revive this and and uh, something may happen with it wow wow well very exciting yeah yeah, and I know that that's just one of dozens of stories that you have, and you've you alluded to some prior to this interview with us. So if, if you don't mind, maybe we can have you back at a future yes, time and please. dive into some of that it. stuff. I love it. Please. You guys are great. I really enjoy this, and, and it's, it's, it's great. I'd love to. And, and uh, I was thinking, actually, to share with you, I found, but you know, I didn't even know my husband had done this. People from, I mean, publishers were begging him to write about various famous people that he knew throughout his life. And um, he had written these vignettes. There's like 36 of them, um, ranging from Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, it's just everybody you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, great days of the film, you know, films from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know. Amazing. Uh, and they're, but they're not the stories that push, you know, like you, as a journalist, you, oh, they're going to push this movie or they're going to push right. this novel. Right. And and that's what they're providing. No, these are just stories that they shared with him about their lives. Wow. Right up your alley. Yes. And, yes. And these would be in at some point in time I'll share them with you and okay. enjoy featuring some of these stories. Great. Well, we we will yeah, definitely we will definitely after the beginning of the year we'll schedule so, another show with you and okay. I, I would love to dive into some of that and, uh, hey Jeff, and beautiful stories. Yeah. Hey Jeff, real quick, uh did you ever uh run across Walt uh, again after that uh, momentous occasion? Did you ever see him again? I'm trying to think because I had the the luck of going back to Disneyland quite often as you know, not just sure. for the birthday situation. But as time went on, you know, people who were executives with Disney, uh, creative executives, uh, many levels, all, all the way to the highest level of Disney. Yeah. And I uh, had many occasions to be there. And uh, I actually think I did see Walt Disney one more time, but it was on a, mo- on a, on a studio set. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't get the opportunity to spend much time with him because it was a brief encounter. He remembered but- you and everything? Um, I'm not, I can't really say that for yeah. sure, but I, yeah. I really don't want to mislead anybody, but I certainly remember him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, Ron, what, what comes to my mind is that, you know, I go, I keep going back to the helicopter ride because yes. And Ron, you know, we worked in Anaheim even today, commercially, you, there's a no fly zone over Disney. Well, so Anastasia, you're, you're one of the few people in the world that world, has yes. had the opportunity to actually fly over Disneyland. That's not allowed wow. by, by anybody. Wow. So, I, was, uh, I didn't know that then, but I certainly yeah. had fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very exciting. The whole experience was exciting. Um, well, nice of you to let me relive it with you. Oh, well, thank you thank so you. much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll have a part two coming up soon. So okay. yeah, part three, part three, the bullfighter. Don't forget. Oh, yeah, you want the bullfighter, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm too bad you don't have visuals because he was probably <laughs> one of the best looking guys. Well, maybe if you, if you, uh, do you have any, uh, do you have a picture from you at Disneyland that day? I, you, well, I have a picture of the family that we took before we got on the bus. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, that, that picture is on the video you have from the one you did. Okay. You, okay. Well, we'll the share that. The one that didn't get to go was our dog, yeah. April. They didn't get, didn't get to go. <laughs> well, if you don't mind, maybe we'll, when we post this, this uh, podcast, we'll put that picture up there. Absolutely. So I'm the little one. I'm the little one. You're the little one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank and, uh, you. Ron, thank this you. was, wasn't this amazing? This is the best, man. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. You yeah. guys are great. Honored. What an honor.
Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. honored and thank you for having me. I'm very touched. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh man. Well, well, thank you so much, Ron. Why don't you, why don't you take us out of here? Okay. Well, once again, well, well, before we do that again, let the folks know how they can get us real quick. Sure. Sure. Our well, numbers are up. Once again, <laughs> once again, <laughs> our Facebook page, uh, the I was there podcast and, uh, uh, that's probably the easiest way to get us. So just uh, reach out to us. We'll get back to you. We actually respond, which is uh, kind of unique, I think. And then if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating that helps move us up yes. in the queue and helps people, makes it a little bit easier for people to yes. find us. Well, once again, thank you so much for our very special guest. And Jeff, good job. Every now and then you kind of get out there and... Uh... Oh, well, before we go, uh, now, this isn't me. So I, I have to give oh, special right. shout out yes, to, to know, our friend, Ron, Ron and I worked with Ruth uh, yes. for, for a very long time. And yes. uh, and we have to, Ruth, thank you so much for thank introducing you, us to Anastasia. Yes. And uh, through that introduction, um, allowing this to happen, yes. I just, to, from, from the bottom of my heart, Ruth, thank you so much. Thank you. And from the top. I love Ruth. Side, I love Ruth. Thank you, <laughs> Ruth. Great. I appreciate you. She's great. So, All right, folks, I just about wraps it up. I'm Ron Roberson. And I'm Jeff Trujillo. And we'll see you next time on I Was There. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.